वेलकम टू ट्रांजेशन गैजेस थ्री सिक्सटीज गेमिंग एंड पॉप कल्चर पॉडकास्ट इन टूडेज एपिसोड विच इज एपिसोड नंबर फोर्टी एट ऑफ ट्रांजेशन वी आर गन बी टॉकिंग अबाउट गेमिंग रिलेटेड न्यूज विच इन्वॉल्व गेम्स सच एज गॉड ऑफ वॉर वोराइजन जीरो डॉन मेगा मैन मॉन्सर हंटर वर्ल्ड एंड प्लेयर अनोन्स बैटल ग्राउंड एंड अपार्ट फ्रॉम दिस वी विल ऑल्सो बी टॉकिंग अबाउट द पी एस फोर प्रो एंड इट्स स्टॉक सिचुएशन इन इंडिया Now before we begin this episode we just like to apologize slightly because we are recording from a new studio so we are still figuring certain audio related things out so if you hear certain unknown or random background noises do forgive us we are just setting up our studio and by the next episode we should have everything fixed so let me introduce the people who are going to be on this podcast we have our games editor Rishi Alwani Games is pop culture. I don't know why we're making that distinction in our forty-eighth episode. Says the man who's holding a cup of coffee from a very well-known brand in his hand, and we have okay. our friend of the podcast. That's Mikhail Matnani. I don't think that's a cup of coffee. That's like yeah, that's it's ne- just like liquid sugar essentially right now. Yeah, at this stage, it's all <laughs> liquid sugar, like the melting ice caps. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right then. So I think we should start by talking about uh, God of War since that is something that people in India really care about. So yeah, long story short, uh PlayStation Network, which is Sony's digital storefront, has leaked the release date or rather revealed the release date, regardless how you want to call it, of God of War 4. Now the game's going to be out out on March 22 in 2018. Uh incidentally, the very first God of War had the same release date. Now the game has had a very interesting history with India. Uh all every game in the franchise including God of War Ascension and God of War Ghost of Sparta have sold exceptionally well in India uh without any concerns. Uh and uh, Sony's realized this. In the past we've had situations where uh, you could pre-order the game to get Kratos boxers and uh, you could yeah that did happen. And uh, uh the quantities for these games are are usually on the higher side. uh what's going to be interesting though is to see how sony india copes uh with this game simply because uh it's that kind of title where the forecast keeps going up uh with each month prior to release and it's something i've seen firsthand uh in another life i used to be in games distribution and uh we used to distribute for god of war 3 and it was a situation where our initial quantity was 5000 fast forward 3 months later on release date and we're we're actually bringing in 10000 units So it'll be fun to see what actually comes of it. Uh but rest assured if you're hopefully fingers crossed we won't have a situation where you don't get uh where the, where the game's not available. It should be available in max quantities everywhere. But considering how Sony screwed up on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn in India where in stock wasn't available till I think 2 to 3 weeks after launch, we can't tell. Would you say the PlayStation 4 install base is uh around the same level the ps3 one was when god of war 3 released i think we're higher uh because when god of war 3 came cuz see if i'm not mistaken the ps3 uh more or less uh, rounded off at around uh 350000 units the ps4 right now is 250000 units if we count gray so we're tracking higher and uh we're tracking higher than the ps3 was uh, than the ps3 ever was so i don't think stock is a problem and at the same time uh if you look at the situation now if you look at the competitive landscape now there are fewer big budget games coming out than what they were 10 years ago so i don't see any of it being uh, a major concern the, the the problem is just ensuring that there's enough stock around 
And that's going to be an interesting situation because uh, Sony India is managed by Sony Middle East. And in the Middle East, God of War doesn't make it officially because it has God in the name. So it, it goes against uh, the laws and... Uh, uh, the, the the laws and legalities of of those of those countries. So rest assured, India should see a, a lion share of the, of supply if it comes in on time. Yeah. So tell me something. Uh, this new God of War game for somebody who's never played any God of War, will that be a good starting point, or do you have to play some other games or at least read about the story before you start? Honestly, it won't make a difference uh, for a variety of reasons. One, uh, God of War. Uh, I mean, no offense to the people working on it, but it's never been about the story for most people. It's been about being able to decapacitate gigantic monsters. And uh, this time around, they've seemed to tone that back just a bit and focus more on a mature Kratos set in Norse mythology. And honestly, if you haven't played the past games, I don't think you're missing out much. In fact, it's better if you haven't because uh, they've done they've made some subtle tweaks to gameplay that truly make a difference for uh, in terms of how you play it the past games were had a camera which which was pulled back a lot more you could see the full ca- you could see uh, uh, Kratos in his entirety and you could be scaling giant beasts and do all sorts of cool stuff here the camera's pushed in a little like it's similar to the view you'd have in the last of us which is interesting because it's kind of like a third person almost over the shoulder view giving a more immediate impact to the proceedings now and even uh, at least what we've seen so far of combat, it seems to be a little more deliberate. It's not as fast-paced as the past games. So uh, I I think this is a good starting point for anyone, particularly if you aren't a fan of the Greek mythology aspect of God of War, which is, which has been its forte for the last three mainline games. You also get to play as a kid, right, in this? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's actually you get to play as him, but I think he's just your companion. Yep. So he's the Ellie to... Kratos being Joel. Yeah, more or less. But, yeah, except, but then you can play as Ellie, right? In that oh, DLC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, but then, uh, I don't know. I mean, at the end of it, it's... Uh, I, I wouldn't... If you're a newbie, I think this is a decent place to start. But is it really God of War if you're not pulling levers and just fighting monsters, moving to the next area and doing the same thing over and over again? Yeah, why not? It's a God <laughs> of War for people who grew up playing God of War and I'm sure yeah. most of them are fried of doing the same thing. Personally, I'm looking forward to it because it's not like the last three games, which I wasn't a fan of. So, yeah. Look but cool. the disappointing thing is no Amon Amart soundtrack. I mean, come on, you can't do Norse mythology without doing that. But yeah, I think we should move on. Yeah, yeah. so since we spoke about the stock situation for Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War, why don't we talk about the stock situation for another Sony thing, which is the PS4 Pro? No, but there's also Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition, which as of now seems to be missing in action for India. So Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition is uh, the base Horizon Zero Dawn game that has been available for a while now. It released early this year. And the Frozen Wilds DLC, which was uh, available for $25. And if you bought the Deluxe Edition or some nonsense like that, it was a little cheaper. But uh, yeah, everything on disc, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. And uh, it's that's being listed abroad for $50. It's releasing within the next 10 days worldwide. But uh, there's nothing showing any signs of it coming here officially. Yeah, then I mean, with good reason though, because uh, if you notice, a lot of it also has to do with Sony's bundles. Now, we've had for over six months now a very specific, Sony bundle, PlayStation 4 bundle that we've called out on several occasions for being the most value for money, which is what the 500 gig uh, slim with uh, Ratchet and Clank, Drive Club and Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, according to according to my sources and according to a lot of other people as well, we've reached a point where uh, 
usually most Sony bundles don't last more than three months. We've had this Horizon Zero Dawn bundle go on for over six months now. And uh, so, and from what I'm hearing, stocks are finally depleting now. So, so hopefully by the time this podcast is out, or hopefully by the by a week after that, we might see Sony actually bring um, actually announce that they're bringing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. But right now, it seems unlikely, simply because they're still stuck with stock of the base game, which they have to bundle and sell with consoles. They can't sell the base game separately because there's a gigantic sticker at the back that says not to be sold separately, mm-hmm. and if and they can't break their own you know rules. So, yeah, so that's the situation. PS4 with- Pro. Yeah, there's more drama where Sony is concerned, particularly with the PS4 Pro. Reason being, uh, for many distributors, retailers, and even consumers, uh, they aren't able—you aren't able to find one in India officially since release. Now, for those of you who are unaware, the PS4 Pro launched in India in February of this year uh, for thirty-eight nine ninety. Now, a lot of retailers have told us, and this is something that's also going to be on our site, gadgets360.com, which you can check out, where. Uh, They've been told that uh, they're not getting stock for this year, full stop. So they've only had stock at launch, which is February. After that, there's been a gigantic lull. And uh, it's perplexing because uh, some people claim this is because of BIS, which doesn't make sense because PlayStation VR, which also had, which is also subject to India's certification laws, which is the BIS, hasn't had a problem and has been available. So others are saying it's due to supply, which also doesn't make sense because if you look at the number of Black Friday deals across the world, the PS4 Pro features prominently. So it's definitely not a supply issue. Uh, and at the same time, the gray market's having a field day because if you want to buy the PS4 Pro in India, you can't buy it officially with warranty for 38990 Rather, you can buy it via the gray market or via sites like eBay where it's available for not more than 32,990, 33,990. So you're saving 5,000 rupees, which is always nice. But at the same time, you're not getting warranty because Sony's not made it officially available. To make, to make matters worse, there used to be a loophole wherein if you bought a console from a PAL territory, such as Europe or the UAE, you could claim 50% off or 75% off on a new console in the event it died. But what Sony has told us on record uh, is that uh, they are not uh, supporting any unit in India that's not BIS certified, that's not certified by the local government, that's not certified by the Bureau of Indian Standards, which basically means if you have a PAL unit you bought from the UK or UK or Europe or even the UAE that has no support whatsoever in India. Now what's interesting is uh, while Sony is going back on what they used to do before, uh, companies like Apple are actually doing the opposite because you have phones sold abroad which are now being serviced in India through warranty officially and the phones sold abroad obviously are not BIS certified because in some cases they'll even have different bands to the ones available here. And different modems and chips. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like Apple's happy to like help out customers but Sony's going in the opposite direction which is definitely a step back but uh, I still think it's better than what their competition is doing in India. Oh, you mean who? Nintendo? But Nintendo doesn't have a presence in India. So yeah, <laughs> obviously. Oh, you're probably, you know, Microsoft, there's still competition. Yes. They still make consoles. It's okay. almost unfair, apparently. It's not almost unfair. It is unfair at this stage. Because, I mean, yeah, uh, we're essentially a one-console country. And this, is what, and, the, and this is what happens when you have no competition. Wait, is PS4 the Android of India? More or less at this stage, yeah. Damn, I have to throw title. it away now. <laughs> I have to buy an there. Xbox now. <laughs> no, but uh, jokes aside, yeah, it's it's a it's a disturbing situation simply because uh, 
you we don't have a one x release date uh though i have heard from several uh, quarters that if it does come in it'll come in earlier than the one s so hopefully less than a year um at the same time you don't have nintendo either and if you're the sort who wants a ps4 pro well you're you're basically subject to buying it from gray granted sony's hardware reliability is god tier at this stage but that doesn't but you, but when you already have a local entity that's basically the number one player in india why aren't you getting supply what makes matters even more amusing is that at igx which is a local games expo which we talked about on the last podcast there were giant hoardings everywhere for the ps4 pro they had hoarding saying that hey you could play fifa 18 best in 4k on the ps4 pro you could play loot box simulator battlefront 2 on the ps4 pro at 4k so my point is what's the point of even advertising it if the hardware isn't available you're just prepping pushing sales to the gray market but then on further inspection if you think about it and this is one theory which has been uh, which has been pretty much discussed at length between our features editor gopal and myself was that it's a simple situation where sony knows there's demand sony knows it can't beat gray on price and they're more than happy to let gray supply what it needs to supply and uh, the moment demand reaches critical mass they'll swoop in and decide to have their lunch money till then they're happy to hold off hmm yeah makes sense um so i think now it's time to let mikhail take over and talk about mega man that's mega man and yeah so it seems capcom has uh, it took a while uh, we had a kickstarter from uh, inafune which was who's inafune the creator of mega man is he also the creator of mighty number no. 9 yes that's oh, exactly that what i'm talking about so mighty number no. 9 was a kickstarter that did supremely well on kickstarter but the final result uh, was not so good In fact some call it one of the worst games in a long time. Uh it's actually still slated to come out uh, I think in the next few months for 3DS and Vita that's going to be hilarious. But uh, yeah Mighty number no. 9 Kickstarter funded really well. Capcom still sleeping. Inti Creates which worked on some of the Mega Man games at least some of their stuff uh, they released something called Azure Striker Gunvolt on 3DS eventually PC and then Azure Striker Gunvolt 2 which is 3DS and Switch only which is another take on Mega Man X which did really well everyone liked it Capcom still sleeping now finally Capcom woke up and did Mega Man Legacy Collection on PS4 Xbox One PC and 3DS I think 2 years ago sold really well Capcom still sleeping Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 comes out with uh, I think 7 8 9 10 I believe sells really well oh capcom wakes up maybe we should do a new mega man game so uh they had a 30th anniversary stream yesterday as of this recording where they announced mega man 11 will be releasing on ps4 xbox one switch and pc by late 2018 and they also announced that the eight like eight in terms of quantity mega man x games would be ported to ps4 xbox one switch and pc and both mega man legacy collections would be coming to switch in early 2018 so it looks like they've they've like their pent up aggression and their pent up mega man whatever is now finally coming out in 2018 and uh, fans have been waiting for a new mega man game for a long time so they're just getting one soon doesn't look too great but uh, i'm pretty sure whatever they do will be better than mighty number no. 9 so wait so here's the pressing question i have uh are you sure mega man isn't a series involving the adventures of kim.com no because mega no man yeah so i'd also like uh, 
I'd also like you to maybe describe what Mega Man is for people who don't know because my understanding is that it's a really old game and quite a lot of these people who listen to our podcast may not actually have seen uh footage of it. Yeah, only 80s kids remember. So yeah, yeah. Mega Man also known as Rockman in Japan is basically about this you play this robot kid kind of thing who basically has to beat the crap out of a bunch of bosses and, and it's a platformer, right? It's 2D a platformer, side scroller. Yeah, it's a complete side scrolling platformer yeah. uh where you you have to beat it's super hard. Oh yeah, exceptionally hard. So you have uh, enemies like Cutman which is basically a giant robot with scissors on his head and you have guys like Gutman, you have guys like Punchman and you have to beat the crap out of all of them. Yeah, and from what I remember you get these power-ups that make you yes. really huge which yeah, you, you is you where have, you have a s- assortment of power-ups which yeah. let you shoot faster that lets yeah. you pass through. So the the level design is kind of like a mix of uh, I mean it's essentially a platformer or run and gun platformer. Super tough as nails. And uh, they they even had a few uh, RPGs. Uh, they had mm-hmm. uh, Mega Man Legends 1 and 2. Mega Man Legends 3 was in the works, which Capcom cancelled, sadly. So And there's even a gigantic story to it, wherein uh, uh, Mega Man was created because he was a good robot, and he had to beat off all the other bad robots, and an entire... There's, there are like reams and reams of actual lore to it. And it's it's so so much so that there are even fan bands like Proto Men, which is basically a, a rock band created around Mega Man lore. So yeah, it's a thing, and uh, it's essentially coming back from the dead now. After eight years since yeah. the last mainline release. Yep. So and uh, the 3DS release of Mega Man Legacy Collection actually shipped with a gold Mega Man amiibo, which unlocked some special stuff in game. And this was like a reskin of the Mega Man amiibo because Mega Man was in Smash Brothers on the 3DS and the Wii U. So. Yeah, Capcom's finally woken up and they've. it looks like they've also discovered that Nintendo Switch is a thing because we recently had Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 which were pretty decent ports with some exclusive features and uh, yeah, basically Capcom announcing a lot of stuff. Yeah, so at some point in the near future we should also be talking about Nintendo Switch and its glut of titles now so that, you know, initial... Oh yeah, uh, like November's been like pretty terrible in terms of how many releases have happened and it's always good to get more games but uh, the quality has suffered not really the quality like i mean some games have been really bad like there's some game called mujo i believe which is uh i think that's the name maybe i'm wrong it's a ten dollar uh game which literally is a mobile port which plays in portrait on the landscape screen so you have blank space on the left and right with free to play elements even though it's ten dollars while it's free on ios and android so yeah so why would nintendo even allow this kind of stuff so i like they probably just want to get as many games as possible in but it's a problem for a lot of games because uh november 10th november 14th and november 17th saw doom la noir and skyrim release these are three very big third-party titles albeit two of them are like really old games but a lot of people who own a Switch would buy these over buying, I think there were like 20 indie games which released in the same time. Now, it's obviously good to have your games released and all, but like release dates are a problem. I know a lot of people who skipped over some really good games like Cat Quest, which is also on iOS and Android and everything else, uh, just because it released on the same day as LA Noir, and a lot of people, including myself, wanted to play LA Noir. So... Uh, yeah, like, and people have been saying that Nintendo is really pushing heavily for indie games and all, which is good. You should do that and all. But uh, they really need to sort out their release dates because uh, it seems like there'll be nothing releasing for the first one or two weeks base- uh, uh, outside of a few games and the end of the month will really be packed. So, 
you should space out your stuff more that's like my biggest problem with them obviously there's going to be some garbage in the process like this mobile free to play game which got ported exactly with the same mechanics it doesn't even use the full screen and all and also this is game which was there around launch called vroom in the night sky it was pretty mediocre so all right so since we are talking about mediocre games and mobile ports why don't we talk about pubg which is <laughs> player yeah. unknown's battleground so yeah so apparently the game's going to have so to 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 dial back a bit last week tencent announced that to that there was a mobile game in the works and it would be announced really soon that was on i think monday or tuesday fast forward to 3 days later and hey here are trailers for two mobile games around pubg one of them is going to be essentially closer to the pc version and the other one's going to have a more arcade feel with naval battles hmm. uh both are obviously exclusive to mainland china there's no release date outside mainland china there's no plans to release them to the rest of the world just yet but given the game's success uh and the fact that i think 40% of its player base is in china this is not unsurprising one bit this is not surprising one bit uh though i would be I, though it won't be a miss to see tencent release at least one of these outside of china but which one we'll see um at the same time uh, in more pubg news it seems that those who have been hoping that the xbox one x version of pubg is any good uh yeah you're in for a surprise it looks like your five your uh, $500 console won't be able to play the game at 60 fps at launch um now this is a point of concern simply because uh, the the creator of PUBG Brendan Green had stated a Games TM magazine that the game will be running at 60 fps on the Xbox One X and that the Xbox One S would be around 30 to 40 fps now he seems to have gone back on this completely taking to twitter to say that the game will launch will be at 30 fps on all Xbox One consoles Xbox One X included so which basically means uh, and see here, here's the thing right it's a competitive game uh and battlefield 1 had the same issue wherein on the ps4 pro uh you could play the game at a higher frame rate versus those playing on the standard ps4 and that gives you a competitive advantage higher frame rate always helps you in a game where you're killing other people over a network and uh now it seems that pubg wants so it seems one way of looking at it is that it seems that it doesn't want to give that benefit to one x players because that means they have a competitive advantage and at the same time it also possibly means that uh, both the that the Xbox One X and by extension the PS4 Pro are more underpowered than their makers would like us to believe and obviously that has to do with the fact that the CPU hasn't seen that much of a uh, increase compared to the GPU the CPU's only seen a 30% increase versus the GPUs on both which are 70 80% um and in the, in the so my point is like yeah um you're not going to get 60 fps which is tragic the i think what most people like obviously yeah, don't listen to the console manufacturers talking about what's possible because if one game runs at native 4k 60 fps then they'll just say yeah this supports native 4k 60 fps but like there's always like an asterisk over there which means not for everything uh in open world games and games with like multiple like huge player concurrent players together uh i wouldn't expect 60 fps or a stable 60 fps i mean we saw the playstation 4 pro have trouble with battlefield 1 in the large maps with large players together pubg is not optimized at all on pc a lot of people have trouble anyway so literally do not expect it to run too well it's kind of like not as bad but arc survival devolved is like just it's hilarious looking at uh, performance analysis videos of it like digital foundry uploaded uh their analysis of it on the xbox 1x after the patch and like that's just it just runs terribly 
in yeah. all modes. So yeah, I agree. It's these like these early all... access games really like don't expect the greatest performance from them. Uh, the the games you should expect good performance from are first party games, obviously because they have the maximum time and they have the maximum resources for these things. And uh, like big AAA games like Assassin's Creed Origins looks really good, runs really well. Again, not 60 FPS because even though at some point some people reported it might be 60 FPS, that's just not going to happen in these open world games. Even that, even though the Xbox One X six teraflops and stuff like that, mm-hmm. expect yeah. 60 FPS in more linear games and just ex- and console manufacturers are never going to push for 60 FPS. It's always going to be for more visual flair and stuff like that. Like I think there'd be a higher chance of. them pushing for 8k in like 10 years and still be 30 fps over having 1080 60 fps because that's just how console gaming is yeah it seems to be going that way which is tragic because by the time this podcast is up i mean there'd be a, a game that's available called dead rising 4 and uh, when it released last year on the xbox 1 it was a bit of a train wreck lot of bugs lot of issues uh, and it still but it still kept a stable frame rate and it was really fun was it's the kind of game that throws hundreds of zombies at you and you have to massacre the the living daylights out of them and it's a lot of it's quite enjoyable from that respect so uh oh, and what's funnily funny enough though is that even on the One X or and the PS4 Pro because I've checked it out on both is that there's no tangible benefit in terms of frame rate or visuals it's just slightly sharper in a few places but that's about it so my point is uh yeah don't buy into the 4K HDR iterative console hype because uh it's not all it's meant to be at least not at this stage yet yeah so the only thing i worry about is that if you're buying a console such as the ps4 right now then in another year or so sony will come up with something that's much better in terms of hardware and I then mean, you like, probably will get left behind that's probably going to be a thing going forward because architecture is going to remain the same and both console manufacturers have spoken about how these things are now platforms and like think of it like the cell phone mm. upgrade platform and stuff like that because If you want to buy an iPhone right now, there's going to be one coming out in eight months. Then if you buy one at that time, you'll be like, oh, there's going to be one coming out in eleven months. So you just buy whatever's available, which and you can. And whatever the is the most powerful one at that point. Because, yeah, obviously, like I yeah. see no reason for anyone to uh, buy a standard PS4 if the PS4 Pro was available right now. Yeah, if I you, don't know. If I, you have a like, the price difference isn't much for something you're going to use for two years. And anyway, think of it like this: basically, like the PS4 Slim may may have like a much lower entry point. but then you know over the course of its life you are going to be spending as much on games pretty much the same amount and you are going to be spending pretty much the same amount on multiplayer if you like want like the that. thing is right now the difference between ps4 pro and ps4 is not as much as an xbox 1s to an xbox 1x like uh, if you know where to look you can get an xbox 1s for about 15 to 18000 rupees but the xbox 1x is still above 40000 yeah I think I don't know I think a lot of it has to do with uh, both platform holders approach to their games and with the Xbox we're seeing them being a little more a little more forward thinking I mean you can play games from the original Xbox Xbox 360 and Xbox 1 all on one console which is really cool but you can't do that on PlayStation 4 and uh, let's be honest Sony has a vested interest in ensuring the gap between generations is huge and that there's no compatibility mm. simply because they have PlayStation now which is their cloud streaming service which they want to push i, I mean we we've, we've been talking about it we've talked about it in past episodes we've written about it on the site we've seen situations where sony's been putting out feelers checking out of india and other regions are ripe for ps now or not now fact the matter is for them why would you bother pushing uh compatibility across hardware when you can very simply put stuff off on the cloud and i'm sure microsoft has a similar backup plan with the game pass 
So it's just a question of of when and the way I see it for them, hardware is just a stopgap. It is going to happen for sure, simply because it guarantees recurring revenue for them. And exactly. They don't need to like invest so much upfront into pushing something out. You already have like these days getting servers and all is really not that difficult, and it's actually quite easy to set up as well. And don't have to worry about like people having the hardware or not. So I'm pretty sure like the PS Now service could technically work even on PCs, right? Yeah, it, it does. does. It does. It does. It does. It does. In fact, like in fact, now the the two platforms which they are pushing for it is PlayStation Four and PC. Yeah. So earlier it used to be on Sony TVs, some Samsung TVs they had partnered with, I believe. It was on Android also. It was. I don't know if it eventually launched on iOS, but yeah, it was on mobile. It was on Vita and stuff. They just killed everything, and it's just on PlayStation Four and PC. So, so now looking forward to the Nintendo Switch app for PlayStation now, which will be yeah. region locked and not available in India because Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> right then. So, Mike, you want to talk about Monster Hunter World now? Yeah. So, uh, for one, it's good to see a lot of people waking up to Monster Hunter. A uh, Monster Hunter World is uh, the first mainline console new Monster Hunter game since the PS2, I believe. Uh, they did have some releases on the Wii and the Wii U, but uh, those aren't really counted because they were either enhanced or they didn't release in the US uh, properly, I believe. The main uh, Monster Hunter games that people played over here, at least, were on PS2, on PSP, and that's it. Nintendo never launched the 3DS here officially, and the most played Monster Hunter games in recent times have been Monster Hunter 3 and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which were basically 3DS releases and they were enhanced releases of Japanese things. Now, you can forget all that info because Monster Hunter World is like a a reboot or a new mainline entry built from the ground up for current gen platforms. It's releasing on PS4 and Xbox One at launch and eventually on PC. Uh, it has a PlayStation 4 exclusive uh, beta which is uh, happening this weekend or next weekend. You can preload the beta beginning December 8th. Monster Hunter, very, very, very a uh, combat focused action rpg about as the name suggests hunting monsters uh there's a massive co-op element to it even though you can play everything single player the online experience with monster hunter has been amazing the community on 3ds has been really great helping out new players like guiding them there are separate like hunts which people schedule and go on together for like the high level monsters and stuff like that uh, it also has very different combat across each of the weapons which are available in the game. So you could have dual wielding blades or you can have a massive hammer and the game plays very differently uh, depending on what you use. Each monster will have their own weakness and stuff like that. But as I said, the main, the most played games were on the 3DS and uh, those aren't really popular over here or in the West in general compared to uh, the consoles. Capcom seems to want to rectify and increase their player base because they're focusing on the two biggest platforms right now, which are PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, they said they will bring it to PC after they finish work on the console versions. Sony is going all in with this because uh, uh, despite the Vita failing because of the memory card situation, not having Monster Hunter definitely played a big part in that for Japan. Because Monster Hunter going to the 3DS at that time was considered a betrayal by many and the 3DS... Has, uh, it's one of the best-selling games on the 3DS in Japan, and that's what propelled the 3DS player base along with Pokemon and other games like that. Uh, Sony, like I said, Sony is going really deep with this. They have a marketing deal. There's a Horizon Zero Dawn exclusive DLC for this where you can play as Aloy, and you have her outfit and stuff like that in the game. So 
yeah like very excited for it because uh, just new monster hunter and uh, there'll be more people playing it in india now since it's releasing on ps4 yeah your description yeah, sounds um, a bit like diablo to me no not really it's it's a lot more immersive and honestly uh in terms of support and in terms of a community it's a lot less toxic mm. and there's yeah. a le- and there's a less chance of getting hacked <laughs> playing this le- and this is this comes from someone who's yeah. played way too much damn that's a crucial confess. differentiating point i must say yeah but what's going to be fun is even though as mike said you will probably see a lot more people playing it on ps4 in india i'm a little skeptical about that for a variety of reasons firstly uh we're not exactly a country where people play jrpgs this is essentially a japanese rpg I don't know how many people are going to resonate with it. That's one thing. Second I don't think thing, it's really a like JRPG in the in the traditional sense. It's just an RPG made in Japan. So that's yeah, so was Final Fantasy 15, and we all know how well. Final that Fantasy 15 is not a JRPG. Apparently, it is okay. a one for veterans it's, and first timers. It's as much a JRPG as the music in the game is good. Exactly. There yeah, we go. for those who don't know, Mike has already received his citizenship for Japan. He's going to be moving <laughs> early next year. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, jokes aside. Uh, point is yeah it's uh, it's but yeah be- it is it is a it is a niche thing for sure uh it how well it does over here depends on how many people play the open beta how easily stock is available how much it's marketed variety of things but uh, and most importantly since there's a sony marketing deal you can expect sony india not to do anything simply because, <laughs> simply because one it's uh, it's been marketed on the ps4 pro and we all know the stock situation here yeah in fact it's actually getting a custom playstation 4 pro model and this is the first custom playstation 4 pro which actually looks good but it's only for asia and japan because yeah so well india is not in asia clearly because um, we are so EU, not, right not for not for a lot of console manufacturers yeah, so let, let, let me break region. it down let me break it down so yeah. for for those of you who are unaware india falls under the european and middle east yeah. regions for sony yeah. uh for microsoft we fall under asia uh, which is weird yes and for nintendo we don't exist so that, and for steam it's again asia so yeah asia hmm. middle east that tier for steam yeah this region thing is just complete yeah, garbage at this point uh, the beta is uh, for playstation plus only so if you have playstation plus give it a shot i think it's under 10 gb the beta it will let you try out online playing with random people grouping up with friends probably and uh, yeah that'll give you a good idea of how it plays how it looks also uh it it is going to have ps4 pro support they haven't detailed that yet but uh, january is relatively light for uh, non japanese game releases so I'd say this is probably outside of Dragon Ball Fighters, which is Dragon Ball so mainstream. Outside of that, this is the biggest release of January so far. Yeah, I think I'd agree there because uh, one, there's simply not much to look forward to, and two, it's I mean the bigger ones are coming out Feb March. So if you're looking for something to play in Jan, it's well worth looking into. But though, keep in mind, like we said, uh, check out the check out the beta. It has a bit of a learning curve. Uh, hopefully a lot more gentler than the past no games. it is they they've actually put effort into the tutorial into showing you into like making things more reactive so people realize and don't have to rely on wikis online and stuff like oh, that also basically much unlike xenoblade chronicles 2 Yeah, Xenoblade. Is, <laughs> yeah, we we'll yeah. talk about that. You know. Yeah, we'll talk about. So yeah, long story short, check it out. Beta should be dropping. Uh, what dates? I think eighth to twelfth. It's ninth to twelfth, I think, and 9th you can preload on eighth on PS4. Yep. Uh, while it is releasing on Xbox One, I would advise against buying this specific game on that, even though it will no. have Xbox One X support. Just because there'll be less people playing it online in general. So if you want, if you have friends who are buying it on Xbox One, go ahead. Otherwise. just stick stick with playstation forward so wait so if you have friends just play it on playstation if you have no friends like me play it on xbox understood if you have friends you probably don't have an xbox what if you have seinfeld well played 
फाइनली दिस वीक्स एपिसोड ऑफ माइक्स वियर्ड गेम्स पॉडकास्ट इज हियर सो नाउ माइक नवंबर इज ओवर डिसम्बर इज ऑन यू हैव नो मोर एक्सक्यूजेस यू बेटर स्टॉप लाइक प्लेइंग ट्रिपल ए गेम्स एंड टेलर सर यू बिन प्लेइंग सम अनोन गेम दैट यू नो ओनली यू एंड ऑल द पीपल इन जापान हैव हर्ड ऑफ प्रिपेयर फॉर डिसअपॉइंटमेंट या सो आई बिन प्लेइंग लेगो मार्वल सुपर हीरोज टू <laughs> okay no 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 uh, i played a bit of lego marvel super heroes 2 on switch because like i i really liked it on ps4 it's still fun over here um, and thankfully it's not broken like that lego ninjago video movie whatever game which is like in a horrible state but no mostly been playing xenoblade chronicles 2 which is uh, the sequel but can be played standalone to the v and 3 and new 3ds release xenoblade chronicles which is massive jrpg which plays like an mmo from monolith soft who has made lots of games like xeno gears xeno saga on ps2 and basically they've become a nintendo studio at this point uh it's it's the first xeno blade game since xeno blade chronicles x on the wii which a uh, wii u sorry which i played only about 10 hours of but had a lot of fun with but very story focused very story driven uh very good characters horrible technical performance handheld uh yeah basically just loving the world to explore there's there's a ton of stuff to do but uh, yeah as rishi mentioned the the tutorials are really bad and there's no actual in game way to uh, check out some of the stuff which has been told to you for the first time uh, these games actually turn off a lot of players because uh, in the first 3 hours they'll just bombard you with so much information that some people can't just can't process it so i've been just i think i have about 400 screenshots just of tutorials and place points of interest which they've just told me once in the game and never mentioned again 400 yes like in fact i had to actually google what the screenshot limit was on the switch just because of this game because i was afraid i was going to hit it but uh, yeah i'm like 95 hours into it now still stuff to do there's still uh, there are like uh, like i said it's like an mmo so if you approach certain monsters depending on their level they will get aggro to you they'll attack you you have three members in your party maximum and sometimes there are two play as different roles you can play as all tanks all healers stuff like that uh, the combat is much much better than the original xenoblade chronicles which had you struggling through a menu system even though it was an mmo combat thing here it's all mapped to like face buttons directly you auto attack and your specials build up when you use these specials you trigger special skills stuff like that lot of fun really good to see it in motion stuff like that uh, and but best of all like wow the music is like some next level stuff uh i mean i like persona 5 and near automata but like let depending on how this is in a month i'd say this is like right on top with one of the best soundtracks in a long time so mm, okay so rishi yeah i've been playing xenoblade chronicles 2 as well and i think it's absolute it's an absolute steaming pile of garbage simply because uh I'm sorry man in 2017 you can't release a game without a proper manual especially a game this dense and this thick you can't release a game where uh, you have a myriad of systems thrown at you fine I have no problem with the myriad of systems thrown at me but if I'm expected to take a screenshot of every of every tutorial screen that's a, that's a no show if I'm if I'm expected to take if I'm expected to write down everything I see I rather go to school go, go back to school why the hell am I playing a video game uh there's a lot of it that's wrong in terms of basic onboarding for a user it's just wrong it's criminally wrong there's no manual all right it's it'll be now all this could be forgiven if all nintendo did was release a pdf of a manual release a manual online that's not there now no matter how good it looks what's the point when there are so many underlying systems and take and it's 
tough to get a hold of any of them in any possible way and to me it just seems like either that nintendo is probably using this game as a way to propel the seo industry because hey guess what when you're playing this game you're probably going to have a browser open on your laptop or on your phone or on your computer trying to tell you where to go and what to do next because the game is so bad at presenting itself so to me it's like pretty disappointing i was actually looking forward to this one quite a bit considering how good the first game was and xenoblade cross or x was depending how you want to pronounce it so to me this is like one of the more disappointing games of 2017 thus far i mean it's tragic because everything else mike said on it was pretty much on par the the visuals are fantastic the music's fantastic the combat's great but when well, when you have situations where the navigation is so poor where if you blink and miss you 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 won't know where to go next there are some significant issues all right then and i yes, think uh, like i'm immediately going to make the title of this episode on every platform possible xenoblade chronicles 2 manual guide pdf download how to yeah literally APK. it's yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a tragic situation because the game itself is really good it's as if they f- they fired the guys who make manuals and tutorials and decided to go with their z team for it so the anyway. thing is uh, this could all be rectified because a lot of games like even dragon quest 8 on the 3ds which released uh, in the us and europe a few years after japan uh, if you come back to the game you can just talk to your party and they'll tell you oh you know what we had to get to this place and talk to this person and stuff like that over here just nope the uh, like yeah the thing is I just this year I played Xenoblade Chronicles on the new 3DS so I'm still used to a lot of the stuff some of the systems are still the same so it was good for me but like for a new player it's been interesting talking to some new players because for some of them it's resonated really well they've been enjoying it but for others they just can't take it because it doesn't explain a lot of stuff and you just end up dying a lot because you go to an area you think is correct but there are like enemies 40 levels higher than you who one hit kill you and stuff like that so It's definitely a game where you'll get more when you put in stuff but it's like it's one of the more disappointing releases in that aspect from Nintendo this year because uh, if I look at Mario Odyssey Splatoon Arms these games explain stuff really well to you they are very polished also uh, Xenoblade And, Chronicles yeah. 2 I love the game but it really lacks in these Even regards. something like Dragon Quest Heroes 2 which released earlier this year like what they do is uh, to ensure that you don't go to some super high level areas a lot of places are walled off initially and you unlock them as you oh, progress so, in the game so over here they like to leave everything open because just like an MMO if you go to an you can see the level of enemies when you walk close to them and all and in an MMO you can see like suppose something's level 50 and you're level 20 you, you might not want to like go there so over here uh that wouldn't be a problem because uh if you had like a decent navigation system exactly so uh there was one part where uh, they told me i had to enter like it's an early game thing it's not really a spoiler you have to enter a battleship uh it doesn't actually it shows you the location of where you have to enter once that's it you cannot see it unless you're at that particular place ever so and thankfully i took a screenshot over here otherwise i would have missed that and while you're walking the the compass on the top tells you how many steps you have to walk in which direction to go now the game has like this verticality where if you're at a higher level or a lower level like this is just very complicated navigation and so the the what? map system is pretty bad because it's split up into like multiple systems one will be a fast travel map which is actually the good one then there's a map overlay which is unreadable then there's another mini map which is there on the screen and also like i said you just need to be able to tolerate and get used to these things because the story characters gameplay everything else is really good it's just navigation and tutorial system is terrible yeah which is amusing because so like you'll have a you'll have a compass telling you where to go and it'll show an arrow on the top indicating you have to go uh one uh, uh one floor higher 
but it won't tell you how many floors higher. So, uh, or and it won't even tell you where exactly on the floor. So that only shows up when you go close, and then a exclamation mark points like pops yeah. up at the point of interest. So, uh, just it's like if you have a switch, obviously give it a shot as long as you're willing to like put in some effort into the game because uh, it's worth it. I don't know. I think it's more of a question of them also putting an effort to make us put effort. So yeah, I'm I'm with Rishi on this one. Like, if the developers are not bothered, like you know, in in terms of um, welcoming new players, not everyone's gonna have the patience to sit and play. But then that's exactly the kind of stuff that all these uh, hardcore fans of these series they love it. So yeah, so so. that's another thing. Like, uh, uh, at least the reactions online to a lot of the stuff from Xenoblade. Uh, I think the biggest complaint from everyone is the visuals in handheld mode because this is a uh, I'd say this is the biggest difference in visuals and performance yeah. between docked and handheld uh, that we've seen across all Nintendo titles. Like Breath of the Wild, obviously, like it was a Wii U game, also, so it it basically looks almost the same. Docked and handheld runs at 720, obviously, versus 900. Splatoon 2 uses dynamic resolution in both places, but it looks pretty fantastic. Same with Arms. Mario Kart 8, on the other hand, was a Wii U game ported, looks perfect in both places, but uh, Xenoblade has adaptive resolution in both modes to maintain like a stable quote-unquote stable 30 fps but in handle mode in open fields it drops really badly and especially if it's raining and you're in an open field and you're fighting uh like reminds me of blight town and dark souls so. yeah it actually but then i don't to me while i do understand and i do understand the outrage about the visuals to me it's not that much of a deal breaker uh simply because it's a game you want to play in docked mode because the art style is good the art style is I mean, it's, it's yeah, got like, a nice anime cel-shaded art, art direction which works well and pops pops up nicely on a bigger screen yes there are issues in, in handheld but let's be honest this is not a game you want to play in handheld simply because uh, when you look at the icons and you see the amount of things on screen it makes Android 2.1 look like an exercise in minimal, minimalism yeah but then there are two UI modes right like you can they showed this off also you can just disable all yep. the information if you want and go for a more minimal look which they call the pro HUD, which they did in Zelda as well. Yeah. Like if you if you don't want so much information, just switch it off with like one press of a button. So yeah, but with this game, more information is always good because it's presented in a very obscure fashion. So as much as you get, I wouldn't agree with that, but fine. So right then, so I don't have any games to talk about this week because I've been playing two games, both of which are under embargo till two days after we record this podcast. Why don't podcast. you play Million Onion Hotel on iOS or Android? Uh, or play Dead Rising 4, Frank's Big Package. Yes, that's the actual name of the game. That's all we have for this episode of Transition and we will see you with another episode next week. As always, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at Gadgets360. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, fan mail, love letters, you can feel free to send them to podcast at Gadgets360.com. The music for this episode comes via Magnus Solai Paulson, whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from. Thank you so much for listening.